Welcome back to an all-new episode of Hebrew Hits. Right now, here with me is Moshe Ruvain. He has 1.5 million Instagram followers. And I saw him today, and I'm like, you don't look like the type of guy that has 1.5 million Instagram <laughs> followers. You're not running around with your phone and, like, videoing with people and taking <laughs> selfies. So, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do, it's what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC. Thank God, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So what I want to know is, I see you on Instagram. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, I'm a bald shooter from South Florida. I grew up in Cooper City, Florida. You know, uh, conservative, grew up conservative, you know, regular, uh, secular world type thing. And um, I went to college at UCF. Um, I went to Yeshiva at the... in Morristown, the Rabbinical College of America, and also a few other, several other places, but that was like where I spent a lot of time and I got smicha and stuff. Um, and I, my background as far as like business-wise and music-wise, I, I'm an artist. Um, I'm signed with Create Music Group, and um, I am a senior entrepreneur. I've started various ventures and. Uh, have been part of different ventures as either like a chief marketing officer or a co-founder or an advisor. And I write for different places over uh, as a Forbes contributor, um, as an entrepreneur, magazine contributor, and uh, written for Huffington Post and many Are other Are you places. in Forbes 30 Under 30? Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah, so um, I got selected for Forbes 30 Under 30 for business that I do like, well, for one, for charting, for my my debut single, charted in various countries uh, throughout the world, um, I think five or six countries. Oh, wow. And um, that that was notable for, you know, multiple, you know, countries to be interested for, for the 30 under 30. And then also the fact that I do business internationally, I do it throughout different places. Um, and my background, it was, you know, and it's under the technology sec- sector. So, like, my tech startup, the tech startups that I've been involved in, um, and just um, just being a writer around startups and mm-hmm. around the tech field. Let's talk about Instagram for a minute. Yeah. I'm still, as I'm talking to you, trying to understand how you have 1.5 million followers. <laughs> Not because I'm like, oh, how do you have 1.5 million <laughs> followers, but because you're you're a real person, you're talking, you're not like a rah-rah. Like yeah. when I think of an Instagrammer, I just think of like, there's just so much happening. Like they're just action all the time and like rah-rah type of personality. You're not like that. So talk to me about, first of all, how do you like, or how do you feel about having such a big following and how did you come to have such a big following on Instagram? Yeah. So for one, as a, I feel it's um, a huge bracha, it's a huge gift, it's uh, a huge responsibility. It's a huge opportunity. Um, that was really what drove 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 me to the platform. Is that there's a lot of opportunity as, if, you know, you grow an audience, you grow, um, you know, a community. You could do so many things. And I, I, you know, from a young age, I've been very ambitious for in several areas of mm-hmm. my life. 
like several different industries, several different aspirations. And it was always like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? I can't do four, seven, seven things and be successful at all of them. But as an influencer, as a person with an audience or whatever, you can hypothetically do it because you have an audience to work with. Yeah. So it was something that I was really inspired to do. As far as being a person that's more, I don't know if you'd say laid back or introverted or I think that it's very possible to grow an audience if you're a genuine person. You know, if you are if you are who you are and you feel comfortable expressing that, even if it's not the more like outgoing and extroverted way of doing it, I think people more than ever love things that are real, love mm -hmm. things that are genuine. Yeah. And uh they'll be willing to latch on to you if if you are like that. So how are you real with your audience? Give me an example. I just, you know, I started Instagram, you know, with quotes, really. I didn't, everything was, you know, it was about spreading Torah, spreading Hasidus, you know, making sure the world has positive ideas to work with because there's so much other things mm -hmm. that are being sent out. And I want it to be like that light when people are scrolling throughout their wow. day. That they see something and they're like, my whole day just changed there. You know, this is, I'm, I'm going to approach the rest of my life differently because what this quote is or whatever. Um, and also myself, you know, you know, Puravu, there's a concept in Hasidus that it's not just physically having children. It's also when you're inspired by something, you're supposed to inspire others. You have an obligation to, and I've been very inspired over my Baal experience. Mm -hmm. And I felt a, an enormous obligation to make sure other people were inspired through my journey. So social media just happened to be like, wow, that's 10. I do this, you know, that was already something I, I want. I did in mm -hmm. person when I meet people, etc. to be able to do it on a platform that spreads to thousands, maybe millions. was like, yeah. that was exciting for me. So hearing you talk about inspiration and inspiring others, it's when I post, right? I'm a LinkedIn. I'm not, I'm not an Instagram, but when I, find something that inspires me, that is when I take out my camera and I say, I'm going to create a video because I'm passionate about it. I feel inspired and I know that I want to inspire others. So I agree with what you're saying. It really spreads when you're doing inspiration. Now, tell me what made you want to become a Baal Shuba? Yeah, I don't think it was like, it's interesting because my process is never like, I've never had a goal to be Baal Shuba. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, people always say to me, like, I'm like the least, there's a certain type of thing called Baal Shuba syndrome, like, mm -hmm. like the least Baal Shuba syndrome type person, like, because <laughs> I've never felt this need to, like, try to fit in or, like, try to be, like, a certain thing or act like I was never a Baal Shuba, which is a common thing, unfortunately, um, you know, because there, things are a little bit like the group, you know, the, you know, you want to be part of the group. I... I came to this being not part of the group, you know, so any part where if there's a place where I, was, I fall um, as like, I guess, a, an individual versus just fitting in in every way, it's more natural to me, actually. <laughs> and when I fit in too much, I actually start questioning myself. That's so interesting. I've had just so many things in life that part of my experience that's led me to be involved with is realizing that being part of the, the claw could also not always lead you in the best direction. Not being part of the what? The, the general, you know, places that you okay. find yourself, the general groups that you find yeah. yourself in. Because obviously, you know, you're not supposed to separate yourself from the community in any way, obviously. But, you know, not everything that everyone's doing all the time is always going to be conducive for the best result for yeah. you in life. 
and it's not always going to lead you to being the best version of you. It's not always going to be lead you to being your own unique person. Um, and a lot of times I see it hinders that. Sometimes it causes people to do things, even in Averas, God forbid, you know, like, because we're, you know, we're all religious here, you know, to say, mm -hmm. we, if we all speak Lashonara, or like in this one group, you know, it's all normal for us. Or if we all do this in this one group, you know, the, those are things like, if you're following a path of God, you know, I, I just try to... So what I led you, though, to, to want to become religious? Like, what yeah, was yeah. the... So, yeah, so... Um, so when I, when I was younger, and this was, it's not like a direct correlation, like, okay. it's kind of like, you know, waves of how I reached this. Um, when I was like 16, I had a near-death experience, and it was like, there's no, re like, religious insinuation to it for me. It was a very spiritual experience at that, for me at that point. Okay. That's what, I didn't t attach religion to it, I attached my relationship with God to it, you know. Um, because I just realized that, like, wow, you know, this thing's serious. Like, you're not just, like, here. You just do the things that you do. You're, wow. you know. So tell me about that experience. Um, which parts? Tell me from the beginning, and then we'll walk through it. What <laughs> like happened? What happened? Yeah. I wasn't, like, um, a crazy person when I was a teenager. I was always a good kid. I was normal, just like every other teenager doing the same teenager things that all teenagers do. However, you know, I was also very, like, part of the social scene, and that leads you not always in the positive directions in some regards, mm -hmm. and also which parts of those social scenes you associate with. So it was, like, towards the end of my junior year that we left school early and someone decided to have a party. <laughs> oh gosh! It was like one of those days of school that nothing's really happening. Yeah, and I don't know why. And everyone was having that experience throughout the class. I think maybe there was recently a storm or something. Maybe there was a hurricane a few days mm -hmm. before, and like it threw everything off. Okay. I don't remember, but what I do remember is everyone just skipped, like in the middle of class, like leaving and going to my friend's house, and we had we were having a party, like a normal party, you know, and. Um, you know, um, I don't know how how detailed this should be, but basically, um, <laughs> basically, you're making me curious. It's just like I, <laughs> I mean, basically, like they didn't. We were involved in different things. Like I was not a drug person. You know, I did once in a while. Like I would smoke weed just because my friends had it, mm -hmm. and they would we would be. Usually, it had something to do with music because we were doing music and yeah. our to you know in our circle together. You know, and that was part of the the environment. So I, you know, it would be passed to you, and you know, that was just at some point I became I went from like oh, I'll never touch that to like I right, no, a little not, bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit, except, uh, but yeah. So, uh, you know, but also sometimes they would they would put add a little bit more extreme elements to it. So you're at this party, and tell me what happens. So I'm at the party, and I we were playing, you know, at this point uh, that we left off of, I was playing, we were playing beer pong, and one of my friends thought it was funny, I think this is what my theory is, because, um, he, because of how things played out, 
I think one of our friends, they, they're jokesters, they, they would pour something in a drink, they're just messing around. So I think he poured the, you know, it was like something that's like kind of, it's like a medicinal thing, but it could be used as a drug in a sense, in the thing thinking that it would be funny. And I drank it. Oh my God. And I knew that, what what did I just drink? I was like, that was nothing I've ever I knew that there's something strange. I, don't, I, I never really got like clarity if that was really what happened, but I think that's that's why this happened more. Mm-hmm. Because uh, nothing I did was that intense to have caused like the, the 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 experience that I had after. You didn't ask him to put this in your drink. No, no. Okay. We were playing beer pong. And, yeah. Like I just drank one of the cups and I was just like, what, what did I just drink? So I think that's that's my theory of what happened because nothing else really makes sense. I didn't really do anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. I did drink. You know, I was at a party, like, drinking, like, you know, like a usual party. Um, and I, I, you know. What happened next after that? So, I just started, um, I started feeling like I was, like, losing, like, my senses to a sense. Like, I saw, like, I, I couldn't, like, really control myself. And um, I don't really know how to describe it. And I saw my friends, like, around me, like, cracking up because they see me, like, because they, they, these, this is how they are, you know, like, they were just, like, it's like, they, I don't know, they didn't take anything really that seriously, so, they, you know, they thought it was, like, a whole joke, and I'm, like, feeling this experience that, like, you know, it became something I was, like, oh, my God, like, what's, what's happening to me? Yeah. And, like, you know, you kind of just see that you're in an environment that, like, these activities are, like, part of the environment, and, you know, the people around you are, like, uh, you know, joking about it while it's happening to you. It's like kind of pretty intense experience. And what were you feeling? What was happening to you? What did you think was happening yeah, to you? Yeah, so at some point I found myself in another room and I just was like looking up and I just didn't know exactly how what was happening, but I felt something extremely intense and mm-hmm. I started seeing um, somewhere, it felt like a vision of some sort, like God was like showing me like this is the reality of if you were to pass away today. Like, So what was that? What did you see? It was like uh, a, a newspaper of like sixteen year old, you know, passes away at a house party during. And your school. eyes were open. You were standing. You were awake. You were sleeping. You were passed like, out. Like eyes open, but like not like capable of like mo- moving. It felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to see these visions that God was. Yeah, I don't even know if this is a vision or anything. You, you're, if you're do- doing something that's. Not the normal, whatever you're saying, seeing, you don't know if it's real or mm-hmm. it was kind of like a like I never really know, you know. But at the same time, it's like a certain feeling, like you do kind of know, you mm-hmm. can do kind of think that that's what it was because the 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 thing that was going on in that vision, so to speak, was so like medic to like a certain uh, message that was being brought to me. That it was very, it was very clear to me that, that it was like something that. So at some point of it, it was like showing me all these things would happen. What was it? What's like it? this vision of some sort. I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it was like, a voice, or was it just... wasn't a voice. It was more like um, a visual, like there, that was going on. In my so head. besides for the newspaper, what did you see? I saw, you know, like um, my mom crying. I saw like different. Um, I saw like. Uh, like brought me into into the this like different 
reality of the world where you see like a, a different s structure of it where you see like um, the people that I was looking up to were like under the ground so to speak like they're like in, I guess you'd say in you know capitalistic terms like entrenched in Klippa of the world and okay. that you're the like following people that you know every typical teenager is doing these things and interested in these people and whatever but they're not the best influences on you and you see like wow. that you're at like the bottom of it under this whole soul structure and you and I realize now like it's like kind of like a it felt it seems like a message like that you know when you're when you are influenced by certain people yeah you act though this in a certain way that's it's like if you were to look up to you know I don't know how to how to put it you know, you're putting yourself below those things, yeah. you know. And, and you were so, just to understand, because it's, it's, it was your vision, it's hard for me, it's hard for listeners to understand this, you you were like soared above, like soared, you know, like you were like flown above this ground, underground thing? No, it was like it was showing me that I was like, because I was entrenched of being like in this culture that I was at the bottom of it. Because I was a, a one of the, wow. I was a follower of it, and you're able to see people crying that, like, basically you passed away. Were you able to see your funeral? Like, no, I didn't see anything like that. It was more like, um, it was kind of like it just seemed like God was showing me like an option, like you could be at the jack of the world, like you could be the lowest of the low, wow. or you could be like floating above in the heavens, like you could be on a, you could be doing good things and like leave that. So yeah. tell me what the good things were that God showed you. It wasn't really anything specific. It was just, it just I just saw like beneath the ground and clouds above the ground, you know, and the skies and like that. It was more like a visual, like like uh, it's it seemed like it was expressing a, a choice. So in this experience, right, you're here, and did you make a choice while you're in this stage? Yeah. Or, and then so you woke at up? some point, it, it, the, that experience was showing me like so. This is like the end, basically. Like, this is like, you, you know, again, this could have been just been a bad trip as far as I know. I'll never know, probably. <laughs> like, how would I ever know? Um, because people have bad trips all the time that, like, have crazy things happen mm -hmm. during them. And they, they freak out and they, whatever happens because they shouldn't be involved in that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was basically like showing, like, this is like the end. Like, you have, like, only so much time left. Like, like 10 second type wow. thing like to cho choose your life basically and I was like no, I have to live I have to be I have to have a purposeful life I can't just I can't just have been part of this experience was showing me that like all the things that you're doing all the, the fun and etc that you know that the typical people are doing but you're doing at an extreme level mm -hmm. maybe it's it's fleeting and you're, you're going down a bad path and it's just gonna wow. lead you to you're, you know you don't take these things anymore they, they just that's that's incredible they actually had that visual because so many people they stay where they are in life for so long they don't realize what kind of life they can have um, and that they should be leading so it's really incredible they actually got that visual so now tell me what happened when you woke up and like did you go to your friends and just leave like no, that process yeah. and then we're gonna I mean it gets kind of like I don't know, maybe disgusting, but I, <laughs> I, so I, I had like this thrust of like, I, I have to have a purposeful life, I have to be here for a reason, I have to do something meaningful in the world, I have to be a yeah. person that lived their purpose, and 
suddenly I just felt like I gained consciousness, like like reconsciousness of my, my body and my everything. I got up a little, at some point I like got up a little bit, walked it a little, and I kind of like fell like throwing up all over the ground. And um, one of my friends took me to the bathroom and they were all like crowding around the bathroom, like walk, like peering in like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> like look what we put in yeah. history. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, again, even if there was one of my friends that would do it, I don't, because of how serious it was, and he even told me, like, he literally thought I was going to die that day. Um, I don't think he would admit it. The person that I would think that would do something jokingly yeah. like that. And that would be a joke for them. Like, these, you know, these friends are kind of, like, a bit, you know, the person that does that. He jokes around. Sometimes yeah. it could be something that is a little bit more serious than you wanted. Seems like you're still friends with them today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't speak to them, but I always have, like, a bond with these people that, like, mm -hmm. you know, I always feel a friendship from them, but I don't. I haven't spoken to them in years, probably. So what happened after the bathroom? You're so yeah, up. so I'm throwing up, and you know, and then eventually one of my friends, who's uh, more of like a, I don't know, he was not he was not so much a part of this. He just like came and he just like saw what was going on, started like getting me food, getting me different things, and um, at some point. Uh, you know, I was getting some strength back, and I, you know, I, I, I made the choice. I, I was like not so far from home, okay. So I made the choice, like, oh, I think I'm okay. I, I think I'm gonna go home. So I drove, actually, like going like five miles an hour. <laughs> I drove home, and uh, at some point, I don't know if it was that immediate, but I think I like waited till I had like felt like I was composure. And um, I, I like laid in the shower for like three hours, like just like not sure what just happened. And I went and slept and I woke up and life continues. You have school the next day, you, you're on your family, but you can't tell them anything. Why can't you? Why would you? I mean, my parents would never. Why can't you? This is, a, this is a literal, like massive thing that just occurred in your life. In hindsight, it's a massive positive thing. At the time, it was a massive negative thing. You know, at Why the, was from it my perspective, from my perspective, yeah. it was was that where was I holding in life? You know, there wasn't like there's no sign sign that the, what just happened was positive, and I was very confused about it, mm -hmm. and I didn't really fully understand. Uh, uh, what just happened mm -hmm. so um, but one thing that was certain was that like I was changing my life and how were you changing your life in what way um, did you find your purpose <laughs> yeah so I guess like the things that I understood you you have you when you're entrenched in the secular world your understanding of like good and bad is like very I guess you'd say maybe childish or exterior mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, not everyone, I'm just saying like, you know, when you go into learning Torah, you like see all these different levels of, of, of these things on a much higher plane, you know, there's like way more to it than just like, uh, not partying or not doing this or not like those, but those are very essential things if you're out in the world and those are things that you're involved in. So those are things that I wanted to do. I wanted to 
you know, not be partying. I wanted to care about the things that are important in my life and not let things slide. Wow. And that I wanted to be with a purposeful life and figure out. Also, I, it brought, in a sense, it brought me closer to God. You know that it happened. That I started praying every day at some point. You um, knew you were Jewish, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, you knew you were Jewish. Jewish. So, yeah, how long Jewish. did it take from when this happened to when you became fully observant? It was a long process. It was nothing like connected with Judaism from my perspective at that point. It was okay. just like, you know, I believe it was in more God. like just purpose. You wanted yeah, to find purpose. Yeah, it was just like I, I, I'm, you know, as a person in the world, I know that I have a purpose. I, you know, I know there's a God. Yeah. I know I need to do things. I know I need to live a different lifestyle. I know that if I continue like that, it's not going to be like positive, especially like high school, college. These are transformative years. If you yeah. are just completely not in your element because you're so engrossed in these other things, some people I've seen, it doesn't lead them in a good path long term, you know, because they're so uh, developmental aspects of it. Have you found your purpose now? Do you feel that you're living your purpose? To a large extent, like from where I was to today, it's like mountains and leaps away. Yeah. Like, and what do your friends say about that? Um, I don't know if I talked to them about this <laughs> because, again, also part of my transformation uh, as a person was also trying to associate differently with other people. And also, I think at some point, also when you go to college, you you change your mm -hmm. your people you're around, right? Um, because they're not they don't go to the same school as you. There's this and that, um, and even if the people that you do, it's not necessarily that you're going to associate with them so much. Um, you feel like your environment, like it is really has helped you. Like when you're in one environment, you can do one way, and now that you're in a better environment for yourself to fulfill your purpose, it's helping you fulfill your purpose. So I think it, for a person in general, it's a very essential thing. Because what do people do, especially when you're young? People that they what you do when you're young is what people around you are doing. Mm -hmm. You're around people, and if you're not, you're just the one that's actively not involved, and you're in the corner of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is what we started the interview with. What you were saying, you don't like to be really a part, like just like everybody else. Obviously, you want yeah. to stay within the community. Yeah. But once you feel like you're like meshing yeah. with everybody, you like yeah. to step away. I had a really cool dream once when I was in college that because at the same time when I was in college there's also another group of people that I got associated mm -hmm. with like it was all progression and I didn't necessarily they weren't horrible people at all like I just was like I you know I had I started becoming more and more involved in my Yiddish fight mm -hmm. uh, throughout college and um, these people are still college students you know enjoying college and yeah. I had this one dream that, like, you know, you're just walking around with your friends, and then, like, got like guy like takes the veil off, and you're like at the end of a plank, you know, like kind of like you you, you when you're in, in an environment, yeah. you're just enjoying, you're part of it, you know, you're not thinking so much about things, decisions, because it's done as a group, and when you do things as a group, well, people don't really see anything wrong with anything that's been Right, done. it's like the cheerleader leader effect, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like it was maybe like part of this, one of the signs that God was like, hinting to me, like, not to be involved in this so much, and like... Yeah, and how do you feel about that today? 
with where you're at. I think that's huge because that's where I started getting more and more involved in my Yiddishkeit. Um, and if I was involved with those people more, I would not be from probably. Um, they weren't, most of them weren't Jewish even. Yeah. I had like one Jewish friend out of all of them. Wow. Um, so that's amazing. That really, really yeah. is. Um, I have two more questions for you before we come to a close. How has Instagram um, like affected your life? I'm trying to like ask you, like, has it affected your life in a way? Because I know that you already said that you like inspiring people yeah. through the quotes. Yeah. But how else has it impacted your life? Because you did grow such a big following. Do people, do you feel like you have to be careful with what you post? Or do you want to make movements to help people who are from the secular world? Like, do you want to be a car of people through your Instagram because you have such a big following? So, in many ways, it's affected my life. Um, I it, Part of, like, the concept behind my willingness and wanting to spread and sit is always... And also, I don't always think about it in those terms, like the word car or anything like I just think that if you inspire people, they'll find a better, you know, whatever their pathway they're on, they'll it'll improve, you know, in some way, you know. So I just really believe that like any positive thing that I bring across, that if it hits someone and they are inspired in some way, then that's part of my shlokas, you know. Wow. That uh, as far as it's affected my life, the thing with social media is. You have pockets of people, especially me, my, the pockets of people are all over, all over, you know, even the amount of Jews that are out of that audience, mm -hmm. it's a sliver of that. So the amount of people that know you, it's always hit or miss. Either someone really knows you or yeah. someone really doesn't know you. And that's because if you have a couple million, that's still a sliver of seven billion. Yeah. Still, but it's, it's, come on, it's a huge, yeah. huge, huge following, so you it's couldn't massive. You. It's, it's massive. massive, especially yeah. in the but Jewish, I'm Jewish like, community. I'm saying the way that it affects your day-to-day -day life, I don't, assume, so I don't assume that people always know me. I think specifically it. with you, the reason it doesn't affect you as much is because you're not the Instagram person that I see you right now. Like, you're, as I said in the beginning of the interview, you're not somebody just walking around with their phone trying to create trying to speak to create yeah, content. I'm just trying to be an influencer. Right. What I'm seeing <laughs> what I'm seeing in the world is the people that are on Instagram all the time, they are talking to people for content, not yeah. to have a real conversation. Yeah. So what I see with you is you don't really care about that. Like you yeah. are focused on just being real. Yeah. The last question I have for you before this interview is over is I want to go back to a point that I asked you a question and then I asked you a different question. Yeah. So I didn't really get an answer. I know you do music, so it pertains to music. What is your purpose? Is it music? Or if it's not, then what is your purpose? And do you feel that you are living your purpose? I really yeah. want to, that is so a I question I really want to answer. Yeah. From a Jewish perspective, your purpose is different every moment. Right now, my purpose is to speak to you, like about this conversation. You know, that's all I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, when I, tomorrow morning, I have to wrap the film at specific time. That's my purpose at that moment. So as far as purpose, I think usually, um, as far as finding it, we get confused and think it always has to be these grandiose things. And mm -hmm. it's really every moment, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Wow. And if you do the right things, you change the world. I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying because you're not saying, oh, I'm leaving my purpose. This is, this is what I have to do. You're saying you make the right decisions 
every little part of the day. You're making the right decisions every part of the day, which could be 50 decisions, 100 decisions, but you're making the right decisions, which is an incredible thing. Yeah, there, there's a, a saying. I thought of this, I, I wrote something before with, um, I don't know, Robert Simon Jacobson, I was in like a mentor protege thing with him. And I had to write something on like Torah and the world. Mm -hmm. And I saw, talked about how like, even science says that his opinion that all of the world's connected. And uh, I heard recently, probably like a year or two ago, the Rebbe saying, you know, if we're bringing that, if a person blows air at one side of the world, he impacts something on the other side. That, like, if you make the right choice in this moment of how you're supposed to be living, that has ripples effects that you now, you'll never see because you're, the, world, the entire world is connected. Wow. So I think that's one aspect of it. The other aspect, as far as like the grand, grandiose things, that's part of why I've been so driven to try to achieve a lot of things and try to do, make progress on my dreams and not just take them for granted and um, not just leave, leave things up for chance. And it's why I wanted to be a creative. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do different things because it gives you a certain freedom to explore that more heavily yeah. than if you're in an office all day. Yeah. So, you know, like we're nine to five, I mean. So, like, I, I think on that end, in that front, it's been, you know, huge. I mean, anything that notable that throughout the conference that's been said or that I've been able to do, that's all a thrust from this whole process of, like, I need to, I need to you know, achieve something in this world. I need to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I do it really well. I need to make sure that I do things at a high level and that um, the things that I am ambitious about that I actually pursue them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those things, yes, I do think I'm way more entrenched in my purpose. Are there areas that need to be improved? Absolutely. Are there things that I don't feel have panned out 100% exactly the way I want them to yet or, you know, in the past? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. But I think that's the journey of like on the macro scale. Because as a yid, you have the 613 mitzvahs. As a female, you have you know, all the mitzvahs that a female has. And you have to do your, your, that is your purpose. But within that, you have an individual purpose. You know, and As far as that, that pratius aspect of it, I think that I've been able to you know, make a lot of progress. And I hope that, it, that things pan out the way that you know, think they're looking to be. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. You really have an incredible story from where you came from and where you are now. It's amazing, like, just hearing that you had this visual, you know, and you're able to see that you're at the lowest low, and then you see the sky, and you're like, I need to change my life. Some people would not have changed their life, and you did, and you're really living with purpose. So thank you so much for being here thank on you Hebrew Hits. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Sacha with Hebrew Hits. It's thank you so idea. much. Thank you. I appreciate that. You can go subscribe to Hebrew Hits Radio on YouTube. And we are available on Instagram and Facebook at Hebrew underscore hits. Please reach out with any comments you have to my LinkedIn at Malia Feivelson. I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you. Have a great day. All right.